From NBA to NHL to NFL and more. But more importantly, bringing you the full rundown on MSU Spartan Sports. We cover it all. Get us on the phone at 432-3893. And now, the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Come into the basement tonight. It is Monday night. I'm sure you have missed me. But more importantly, I'm sure you miss the men that surround me. And for certain fellows out there, I'm sure you miss Brigitte, but she's not here tonight. But... Jamal Spencer, ABC3, is back in the house. What's up, bro? Nothing much. How's it going? Fantastic. Stack show, we're going to get right into it. Ray Mara is back in the house. What's up, Ray? Nothing much. How you doing? You could be confused with Ray Mara Morgan if you say your complete name. Ray Mara? It could be like Ray Mara. Confusing stuff. You got that. But I see you. What's, <laughs> what's good? Good break or what, bro? That wasn't bad. I got to spend New Year's with you. Yeah. Interesting. Cute. Interesting. Went out to dinner. <laughs> interesting New Year's. We had a, it was a great time, though. Uh, but a little. it seems to me that New Year's is an overrated event it, everyone puts so much oh it's new year's what are you doing and it's like uh went to the mgm in detroit went to check it out your hometown that's nice that's it was nice. it was nice it didn't really blow my doors off i you know just went to check it out you know dropped it's a like quarter. a regular night yeah just, 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 a, just a quarter slots some broke bro <laughs> <laughs> i don't endorse gambling nor does the station but if you'd like to get in touch 517-432-3893 but pavel kaufman scout Hey, Scout.com? Yeah. Scout.com. Would it be a, would it be a sin? Would it, would it be a sin if I said rivals? Uh, yeah. If I had to confuse you with rivals? Because they are our rivals. <laughs> <laughs> but Pavel Kaufman joins us. Uh, what's your story, bro? Uh, not much. You know, just uh, gearing up, having that football wrap today from D'Antonio. It was interesting right there. And uh, gearing up for Purdue tomorrow. Absolutely. Big news. Uh, biggest news of the day, uh, I would say, in regards to Michigan State, wide receiver TJ Williams will not be a Spartan Simple as that. T.J. Williams no longer a part of Michigan State football team. I believe Mark D'Antonio said it was an accumulation of things in T.J.'s case. So T.J. Williams, wide receiver, no longer a part of Michigan State's football team. That's all I have to say about that. But we move forward just to touch on something. Uh, fr- Fronts of the rest of the show here. Coming up, we're going to talk Devin Thomas. He did go pro. The pros and cons of that decision, what it means for the program. We'll talk about the bowl game. Yes, it was quite some time ago, but this is our first time on the air since then, and I'm sure football is still fresh in the minds because tonight, BCS National Championship game, a lot on the line for the Big Ten. We'll talk that end of the show. i got a little Soldier Boy mixed in the show tonight as well. Uh, we'll talk football to kick it off. I've got a lot of funny stories about my trips to Texas, Oklahoma, the bowl game in Florida. Special thanks to Dr. Gary Reed, who made that trip happen, and as well as our web guy, Ed Glazer, who posted all my interviews as quickly as I got them to him. Those were all available to you. I'm sure some of you took advantage of that, impact89fm.com. Also, I'm sure our live web stream will be up soon for those of you outside of the listening area, impact89fm.com. Just check every so often to see if that if the Listen Live link is working. We're having some problems. Well, I'm sure that's going to be fixed soon, so don't worry about that. But if you happen to miss the show or you want to check out those clips from my trip to Orlando, impact89fm.com. Simply click on the podcast word underneath the Spartan Sports Rep. So if you'd like to get in touch, many options. Phone 517-432-3893. The email address, inbox open all hour, Sports. Our call letters, Sports at gmail.com. Dot com because we're G's like 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 G ball. Now keeping it moving. First off, Roger Clemens. He was all over ESPN today with the steroid allegation. This whole story. What did Roger Clemens get injected? Was it this? Was it that? Was it B twelve? What was it? Okay, here's the deal. Roger Clemens today he files a lawsuit in Houston, I believe it was Houston, Texas. Defamation against Brian McNamee, the former trainer who supposedly did this or did that. But what he did was tell Mitchell investigation reporters that Clemens used performance-enhancing drugs. Therefore, Roger Clemens today, the poss- arguably the greatest pitcher ever, filed a defamation lawsuit against Brian McNamee. But that throws a red flag to me. Roger Clemens files a defamation lawsuit, why wouldn't Roger Clemens, the greatest pitcher of all time, in my era at least, 
Why wouldn't he have filed a libel or a slander lawsuit? Perhaps what Brian McNamee said in the Mitchell Report is true. Maybe Clemens' character was tarnished. That may also be true. But I'm confused here. Why wouldn't Roger Clemens have filed a libel or slander lawsuit against McNamee if the aforesaid or written reports to the Mitchell Report that he used performance-enhancing drugs were true? Your guys' thoughts on this whole fiasco? I mean, he didn't file libel suit because he's wrong. He's guilty. I mean, look at it like this way. Barry Bonds' upper body, he needs to hit the balls pretty far, so his upper body's swole. Well, a pitcher needs strong legs to, you know, get that fastball up to 98, 99 miles an hour. Roger Clemens' thighs like the size of my head. Yeah, this guy's doing steroids. And when you peak in your career, then you have some down years. And you you start picking it up again, what, around 40? Right, 41, Around 40, that's, that's odd to me. That's odd. The same situation as Bonds. I'm not going to slander Roger Clemens myself on my show, but I will say it's just odd that a player like Roger Clemens would have such success so late in his career, not to tarnish the accomplishments that he had already accomplished. But, Pavel, your thoughts. Roger Clemens, the whole fiasco. I think he might win the defamation, but in some way he is hinting at the fact that he is, you know, he is guilty in a sort, some sort. Because everybody, just like you said, Jamal, before the, we got on the air, you know, all these guys that have been called out that have been accused of doing steroids, they've come out themselves and said that they've done it. So there's a bit of truth of, of what Brian McNamee is saying here. Uh, McNamee told the Mitchell Commission uh, he injected. Roger Clemens, a seven-time Cy Young Award winner with steroids and human growth hormones between 16 and 21 times in 98, 2000, and 2001. But first off, we go to the phones. Welcome to the Spartan Sports Rep. Hey, how's it going? Welcome, and what's your thoughts on Roger Clemens? Well, I, I think that uh, the speculation uh, regarding you know him potentially not being honest or uh, forthright is probably uh, relatively wise on your part, although I, I do have to say... I think um, the the definitions of libel and slander don't necessarily fit uh, what is going on regarding uh, McNamee. Um, because he was compelled by, by uh, the Mitchell investigation, and uh, thus he's not in control of where his information is going, i.e. it's kind of, um, you know, under, under record uh, for the government, he's not really essentially eligible to be uh, tried in any sort of civil suit or lawsuit for libel or slander. That's kind of reserved for those who uh, knowingly, in, a, in the fields of mass media, um, potentially are harming someone's reputation, and that's why he went the route of defamation. Hey, I, pre- I appreciate the insight. In no way am I, you know, am I in law school or that, but so, so simply, what, what would be the difference? Why didn't Clemens file for libel or slander? Uh, essentially because McNamee is not responsible for the dissemination of information. That's not, that's not what he did. He was compelled, uh, potentially facing, you know, jail time. Uh, you know, that's, that's, uh, that's something that, you know, would, would face him, but it's not something that, you know, he did not himself say, i.e., like Clemens, go on 60 Minutes. Or, or speak with uh, members of the media or some sort of media organization. Uh, he was compelled through uh, the Mitchell, Mitchell investigations, um, and that's essentially what we're talking about. We're talking about a different, you know, a different playing field. We're talking about media versus, uh, well, kind of was de facto government intervention. So that he's not really, you know, if he if he had said, if he had gone, uh, you know, live to. You know, some sort of 2020 Nightline type show. Uh, then, then what you're talking about is yes, uh, Clemens very well could have uh, done that, but he's not. He's not really. Uh, there's not really any sort of avenue for him to do that under these circumstances. But defamation is something that's well within uh, Clemens' right uh, to do so. Hey, I appreciate your phone call. Thanks a lot. Yeah, absolutely. So Roger Clemens files a lawsuit because McNamee told the Mitchell investigation he injected Clemens 16 to 21 times with human growth hormone steroids, and Clemens says no. So Clemens claims it was the painkiller lidocaine and the vitamin B12. I didn't know. Well, whatever. Could they inject flaxseed oil? I don't know. We're not even going to go there. But it all seems a little fishy to me. I appreciate that last caller's insight into the whole legal aspect 
of you know defamation versus libel versus slander. It all just seems fishy to me. So we'll see how this all turns out. Clemens running to his website, putting up a video now on ESPN, calling a press conference with his attorneys. This just seems a little much for a guy that is saying he's telling the truth. But we move forward because this is the Spartan Sports Wrap, primarily focused on Spartan sports. But, you know, when things like Roger Clemens' incident comes up, we have to touch on it. Uh, The biggest story to touch on tonight, T.J. Williams, wide receiver, no longer a Spartan. He has been dismissed from the team, no longer a Spartan. Nothing to say about that. I'll leave that to the birds to talk about. But quickly, I want to call her, if there's a caller out there that knows the definition of Kentucky steak, my definition of Kentucky steak, on my trip to Florida, someone explained to me what Kentucky steak was. It's a food, it's a meal. If you know what Kentucky steak is, please call or email wdbmsports at gmail.com. What a trip. That's why I haven't been on the air in like a month. I appreciate it. The time off was great. Don't get me wrong. I'm into, I was loving getting back to the, to the radio. But I learned a lot of things. Here's what happened. I ran over my phone at the gas station in Florida. I got out of the car. The phone was on my lap, fell out. I get to the hotel. I'm looking for my phone. Where is it? Oh, I'll go back to the ho- to the gas station, see if it's there. Some guy's holding it. Looks like it got ran over. <laughs> great. Great. So I look at my phone. It still works. Okay. This is a phone I got from Verizon like two years ago. My contract's going to be up soon. And that would be the situation, wouldn't it? The cheapest phone you could have bought is when I got it. I, I was broke. Had to. Had to get like the forty nine ninety nine phone like with the two-year contract. And so I go ahead and get it. It gets run over, like you can see on the phone. I still have it. I'm still using it. It gets run over and still works. But isn't that how things go? You get the cheapest, maybe not the cheapest in quality, but the cheapest in price, and it goes ahead and it and it stays strong. And it stays strong and gets run over. I need to make a commercial for the phone company. I won't you know, praise who they are because we can't do that here. But it's just incredible to me that that phone got ran over and still works. If it was some other high high dollar phone, boom, smash screen crumbled. I've been crying over it, lost in Orlando, Florida, with no numbers in my phone. But one of many stories. I've got a Soldier Boy story coming up that you will not believe. When I was in Tulsa, Oklahoma, in an NBA D League game, related to the Soldier Boy song, you you know that you know, crank that Soldier Boy, you know, crank it back three times. Do it like this. That's your song, right, Ray? It's the most overplayed song I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> it's, it's annoying it's... after a while. Hey, if you <laughs> if you would like to comment on anything we've discussed thus far, 517-432-3893. The email address, wdbmsports at gmail.com. Quickly into football now. Yes, it was the holiday season. Hanukkah, Christmas, got some great gifts. Speaking of gifts, Michigan State gave five to Boston College in form of turnovers in Orlando. Coach D'Antonio spoke after the game. He also spoke today, but we'll get first to what Coach D had to say after the game. Here's what Coach D had to say down in Orlando. felt like uh, we came out and played very well early in the game and, and was sort of in control of the game. Uh, obviously, turnovers hurt us, and uh, well, we kept playing. And that's been the makeup of our football team all year long. We'll continue to play on offense, on defense, and special teams and um, allow something to happen. Uh, something good happened at the end, got us back in, made a nice play, Hoyer to Curry, and then a two-point conversion, we're back right in it. So with six minutes to go, we're down by three and, and have opportunities. Um, of course, uh, you know, we can't give up a deep ball a couple times, and we can't turn the ball over, we've got to come up with, with points in the red zone. And all those things are, are things you talk about as a coach and critique. But I will say this, the one thing I asked our football team to do was uh, look in the mirror at the, end of the, at the end of the day and do the very best that we could and hang together and press on each other, just press on each other. Um, and we did, and we did do that, and we never stopped playing. And that's been the makeup of this team all year long. Um, wherever we've gone, wherever we've, we've played, we've, com- we've competed, and I'm very, very proud of our players, and we'll miss our seniors uh, uh, very, very much. That was Coach D'Antonio speaking on the loss to Boston College, 24-21, yet feeding the stereotype. Michigan State loses by less, a touchdown or less, in each of their games, including 
their bowl game in Orlando, Florida against 14th-ranked Boston College. So, guys, your overall impressions. We know, you know, let's not beat the obvious. Okay, uh, let's answer. Our, let's let's turn off our cell phones. Also, what are we in class? Do I have to be that professor who's like, all right, cell phones off. I don't want to see any texting, any IMing. You know, Ray over here. My bad. Booty, booty call at seven fifteen on a Monday. You are the man. Sorry, dude. You are the. It's, hey, we're, hey, we're rolling, bro. If you, hey, if you want to ring us. Five one seven four three two thirty eight ninety three. Are you too cheap to like purchase a ringtone or something? <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> what, what what was that like? Beethoven, like the the generic Beethoven that comes with the phone, or what? I, I don't know. The, I don't have the money to buy a ringtone. Sorry, D. Bro, bro college students here, man. <laughs> oh like my you. goodness. Hey, I, I don't roll with ringtones. Yeah, I bought like four ringtones in my life. We just keep it on vibrate. I just keep it on silent. I don't. People don't need to know when someone's ringing me. <laughs> keep it. It's between me and the sidekick. So you just guess every time. Me and the sidekick. I keep, you know, maybe silent, vibrate, maybe a combination. You know, I just check periodically. It's an addiction to check the sidekick. (laughs) If someone who has a sidekick knows, it's just an addiction. (laughs) Back to football. The obvious is Brian Hoyer threw four interceptions and fumbled a snap that was clearly his fault. He backed out of center too early. Can this game be simply, simply be put in that tent? Hoyer's turnovers cost the game? Or is there more to this loss than that? I mean, there always is, but for the majority, is, is that the story of this loss? Yes, but <laughs> I, I don't think we have to go anywhere else. P- Pavel, do we have to go any more with this? No, he stared down his receivers every time he inter- he got the ball intercepted. He stared him down. They showed on replay several times. I think Hoyer said it best after the game. He said, "I picked a bad day to have the worst game of my career." He finished fourteen of thirty-six for two touchdowns, one hundred thirty-one yards, and four. Costly picks. What gets me, though, Boston College. I wasn't very impressed. Matt Ryan, supposed to be the number one quarterback off the board in the NFL draft. I wasn't really impressed with him either. You know, he didn't he didn't look spectacular to me. But Hoyer's four interceptions were costly. But Boston College did not capitalize on those turnovers like they should have. Boston College can look in the mirror and say, wow, we really shot ourselves in the foot by not scoring off these turnovers and letting Michigan State have two shots to go down the field and score and win at the end of the game. So, obviously, we can pin it on Hoyer's picks. We don't need to go any further with this. I will say this, though. Hoyer will be our quarterback next season. End of discussion. We don't need to talk Nick Foles or Connor Dixon. He will be our quarterback. But Coach D, he had some thoughts on his quarterback, Brian Hoyer. Here's what Coach D had to say about his number one QB post game. Um, whether he threw it late or whether it was a great play by them, who knows? Um, but I thought, uh, I thought that um, you know the, t- the turnover in the red zone with the mishandled snap, you know that hurt us. That led to seven points. Um, you know, not scoring, not getting the touchdowns in the red zone, uh, probably hurt us a little bit. And then the turnovers offensively. But it's it's uh, it's not a perfect world out there. Brian Hoyer's done an outstanding job this year, quarterbacking this football team. And, uh, you know, we're not going to second-guess anything that happens out there in terms of what if and if he hadn't and should he have. Um, he's in control out there, and I believe in him totally, and he is our quarterback. Uh, do you think Coach D was foreshadowing with that statement with he is our quarterback? No doubt. And it, let's end the talk right now, like you said. It, it, just leave it to Horton. Yeah, we don't need to have polls. We don't need to have talk going into spring. The media, please don't revolve around the quarterback battle. Okay, without, like, like Hondo, like your boss Hondo wrote in his blog, you know, without Brian Hoyer, we are not in the position we were with that bowl game. Yes, Devin Thomas made some great catches. Our defense made some great plays in the, in the two big wins, Purdue, Penn State. But without Brian Hoyer, he's quietly efficient as a quarterback. I think he was, what, number two in the Big Ten in quarterback efficiency rating? Mm-hmm. He had 11, I believe, 11 picks on the season. So four coming in one game. So seven picks in the regular season. Stellar. Touchdown to interception ratio. But without Brian Hoyer, we weren't in the position we were. So don't beat this kid to death. He knows he played a terrible game. No, he wasn't arrogant. He didn't say, you know, receivers didn't bail me out, this, that, the other. Brian Hoyer knows we don't need to beat, beat him under the bus. He will be our QB next season. And I think he'll be held to much higher standards because of the season he's been through. But I also think the distaste 
from that performance is what's going to drive Brian Hoyer through this offseason to be an elite quarterback in the conference next year. And I think he has the tools to do that. He should be one of the best quarterbacks in the Big Ten next year coming in preseason. I think Mark D'Antonio will get more heat for not starting Hoyer and trying to go to a young guy inexperienced if he come out next season. I'm sure there are differing opinions out there. 517-432-3893. Is Hoyer our starting quarterback next year or not? I believe so. End of discussion. But if you have a reason why Connor Dixon or Nick Foles should be the starting quarterback next season, give us a shout. 517-432-3893. Hoyer will be our QB next season, and he will be much better. I believe he'll get rid of that habit of of locking on receivers. One receiver he won't be able to lock on, Devin Thomas, who's gone to the NFL. We'll talk that in a minute. But Javon Ringer, can we let's start the Heisman campaign tonight? Javon, the Dayton Flyer for the Heisman Trophy. Look at the landscape. Yeah, Tebow again. Tebow didn't play tremendously well in that bowl game. I think the Heisman race not wide open, but boy, put Javon Ringer in that discussion tonight because Javon Ringer is going to tote the rock. He's going to carry the football next year 25 times a game. There is no J.U. Creek. There is no thunder and lightning. Javon Ringer is the quiet storm himself. There's your thunder and lightning analogy, brother. Bring it up. Bring it up. Bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> but Javon Ringer, start the Heisman talk tonight. He will tote the rock 25 times. He's told... The media, he's told me personally, he wants to break Lorenzo White's season rushing record over 2,000 yards. He's got his eyes on that. Javon Ringer will get 25 carries. He will be the centerpiece of that offense. There is no Devin Thomas now. He's signed with Drew Rosenhaus. That's rap. He's probably already getting all types of treats. He's done. Not saying it's a bad thing. We'll talk that in a minute. But Javon Ringer, he discussed the season and took a look back at what the Spartans accomplished this past year. First for the season, um... I'm very happy with the success that we had. I mean, I feel like we did a lot of things that a lot of people didn't really expect us to do. <clears throat> and, uh, I mean, I'm real proud of the way everybody stepped up in every game. And uh, like I've been saying, every game that we've lost, we never got, we never lost a game by more than a touchdown. We were always there. We were always a couple of plays, you know, from winning. So, I mean, you, you can't really ask for anything more. And, uh I mean, for the seniors, our seniors showed tre- tremendous leadership throughout the year. Um, I mean, they kind of put our team on their back. They knew it was their last season, and they wanted to make make it something that we remember for everybody, not just them. They they were kind of, you know, they wanted us to be a part of their senior year. And uh, I'm I'm just overall, I'm just real happy with the way we we stepped up and overcame adversity, and we just kept fighting all the way to the end of the season. That was running back Javon Ringer, obviously the MVP of this football team, and only the second back last year to rush for more than 100 yards against Boston College. I was very impressed with what we did with the football on the ground against Boston College. A team, all the talk was, oh, the running game of Michigan State versus the defensive run-stopping defense of Boston College. And you look, and and we ran for 172 yards, and they were averaging, what, allowing 68? 70, 69 or something like that? Somewhere in that range. less, Way less than 70, 75, 80 yards a game. We ran for a buck 72. And obviously, it bit us. the turnovers bit us, and it got us. We turned the ball over at inopportune times with inopportune field position, flipping in favor of Boston College. But it's, that's it. It's simple chemistry. It's an elementary solution to why we lost the game. So we, you know, we don't really need to go any further. We're not going to try to make a, a mountain out of a molehill or whatever, whatever the uh, thunder and lightning analogy is there, right? <laughs> but, but Javon Ringer, start the Heisman talk tonight. He's going to be tremendous. He's going to work even harder. This kid works so hard. He's so selfless. And he always gives the offensive line credit, which, I, which we should do as well. Hoyer was not sacked one time in that bowl game. So obviously he wasn't pressured that much extensively you know you think if he was getting pressured he'd be getting sacked but just the decision making of Hoyer cost us but I think he knows that and there's no need to beat that anymore but Javon Ringer he was also impressed with the way Michigan State ran the ball here's what Javon had to say about the running game I mean we we worked hard and running the ball is what what got us here and uh I mean, we knew that they were the number one run defense, and it's something that we took as a challenge because a lot of people kind of didn't expect us to be able to run the ball too well against them. 
I mean, I, I guess oh, a lot of that credit to our offensive line. Our offensive line took a lot of pride in that, and uh, they wanted to make sure that me and JU were able to <clears throat> were able to have a lot of success running the ball. So as much work and as hard work as they put in, and with me and JU, I mean, I'm real happy with it. I mean, uh, they did. They are a good defense. They're a great defense. They made a lot of plays, but also so did we. But um, but overall, I'm running the ball wise. I'm I'm pretty happy with the performance that we put out today. <clears throat> that was uh, running back Javon Ringer, potentially a Heisman finalist next year. You heard it first. To get 2-3 in the ballot early, early. He's going to be toting it, toting the rock next year, Javon Ringer. So now we go from running back to wide receiver. We already know T.J. Williams will not be a Spartan any longer. That's all we have to say there. T.J. Williams, no longer a Spartan. So depth at receiver, down a little bit, but Coach D today said that look out for B.J. Cunningham, a guy that Coach D almost had to take that red shirt off and put him on the field, tearing it up on the scout team, 6'2", 200, over 200 pounds. He's got the size, the talent, so look for B.J. Cunningham to have a great year next year, along with Deion Curry, who's proving that he's got hands, may not be tremendously quick, a good possession receiver, and I'd say a little more than that, and he'll work harder too, and Mark Dell. But Devin Thomas, give me the pros and cons of his decision to sign with Drew Rosenhaus and go to the NFL? Well, two pros, one being specifically for Devin, you know, he can take care of his family now. He's got some some things that people may not know about, but uh, he can now, you know, he can take care of his family. He doesn't have to worry about things like that. And a pro for the team may be, yes, they lose a great player like Devin, but like you mentioned, there are four other receivers there that can now they step up. Now they have a chance to Shine a little bit too. Plus, oh, it, it's Fred been, Smith it's been published in the uh, in the in local papers. So Devin Thomas had a son this past week and a half, Devin Junior. New Year's Eve. When you've got a mouth to feed, decisions come a little bit quicker and are a little bit more important. Mm-hmm. Go to school, study, get that allot- allotment check of what you don't spend on rent and food. You get it. To, to you uh, every every so often, if you're an athlete, I forget how many months. That's not going to cover the, the Pampers and the Gerber, bro. Mm-hmm. That's not going to do it. And when you got a seed, a young fella, that you need to take care of, I think that decision may have been catalyzed by that birth. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's a bad decision. Here's what, here's what it does, in my opinion, for Devin Thomas and for this program. Devin Thomas, it would have been very hard for Devin to duplicate or have a more impressive year than he had this year. Both returning the football, yes, we know he had some terrible punt returns. Go out in your backyard and try to catch a punt. That's what I say to you. Yeah, we, he made some mistakes. He was trying to make a play. You know, so what? He could have, you know, let that ball roll into the end zone. Okay, he made a mistake. He knows it. But here's what it does for the program. Devin Thomas, in my opinion, will probably be a second-round pick. Somewhere in the second round. Manningham has said that he wants to go back to school and get his degree. So that's one less receiver Devin Thomas has to go against. In the draft, but we'll see if Manningham goes or not. But here's what it does for the program. There will be players that are coming in as recruits and players currently on this team that will see what Devin Thomas did under John L. Smith. Six catches, 70-some yards or something. And what he did in one year and where that took him. And I believe Devin Thomas will motivate the players currently on this team, younger players in particular, to work hard and say, you know what? Look what Devin did in one year. I can be the next Devin Thomas. I can do that too. Devin will make some good money in the NFL if he gets himself mid-second round or sooner. And I believe he will. I believe given the opportunity to go against guys and workouts, and he's going to Miami to work out for the offseason. God bless him. Mm-hmm. Hopefully he can stay focused in South Beach. <laughs> With your agent, Drew Rosenhaus, also the same agent as, to obviously, Terrell Owens, Drew Stanton, among others. But I think that also plays part. Drew Rosenhaus isn't going to settle for little money. He's going to go for the big fish, and he's going to get Devin Thomas that bread, that money. So what that does, the positive effect it has on the program is that other players are going to look and say, you know what, it may be my senior year, but if, look, if I work as hard as Devin, look what I could do. I could go to the league too. So that's where I think the pros come in for the program. Yes, we lose a great receiver, 1,000 yards, broke all type of records. But it, I think it does some quietly does some things in terms of motivation for other players on this team. But 
You said New Year's Eve. His son, Devin <coughs> Thomas, son, son December thirty first. Yeah. So let's talk. Uh, what, what's your guys' New Year's resolutions? You know, speaking of the new year, what are we at the seventh? You know, we're a week late. But, you know, what's what's the New Year's resolution? Uh, me, I try to get back in shape. I guess you, you maybe, put on uh, a few too many, few, too many LBs over the yeah, break or what, bro? I guess I'm gonna lighten up on the adult beverages and <laughs> I guess hit the weight room. Hit the weight room. Good for you. You you gonna get into Pilates or anything like that? No, I think that I don't. What? <laughs> <laughs> Pull Pilates. He said, well, uh, wait, hold on, huh? Yeah, I don't know about that. Man, I'm just trying not to work so much. I've been a workaholic the past six months. and uh, I know work is a good thing, but... Yeah, I, I second you on that, bro. Man, right, you need some breaks every now and then. What's, what's the New Year's resolution? Shed some pounds. You and Ray could be workout partners. <laughs> take, the, <laughs> take the Pilates together. I don't know if you can got, stop me on my bench press. Ooh, oh, look, look out. Which, yeah, uh, which way is the beach? <laughs> we got an email. Shanna says, I'm so disappointed that MSU lost in Florida, but they still got my support. I just wanted to say that you're not the only one that has run over their phone. Of course, I left mine on the, uh, on the top of my car, so it's a little different. Just don't feel alone in your situation. I feel your pain. Glad to hear you're back on the radio letting us know the important information in MSU sports. Shanna in East Lansing. My dad ran over his phone, too. It's happened to everyone. So, so yeah, I just, my in ca- phone the toilet, so. just in case you're joining us, uh, I ran over my phone, or someone ran over their, my phone. It might have been me. It might have been someone who came and got gas after me. But if I, it was on my, it's on my lap in the car. I got out of the car to get gas, drove away, realized it wasn't there, went back to get it. Some guy had it and was like, it got ran over. It's probably that guy. And it's and it still worked. And it still works today. Unbelievable. It just goes to show you, I got the cheapest phone that was out. It's always the things that you don't spend a lot of money on. They're indestructible. This phone is a tank. Is a tank. But it pales in comparison to what Jeff Fiend did when he got <laughs> when he got his phone wet. Our friend, just to reiterate this story we told like a month ago, our friend Jeff got his phone wet. And he's like, it's wet. It's got to get dry. So what does he do? He turns the oven on broil, puts his phone in the oven with with the battery in it, and goes and takes a shower. Phone partially melts, but his phone still works, too. He must got the same brand I did. <laughs> Unbelievable. Just I just had to re- retell that story. Gosh, people love that. I see a handful of people that have listened to the show, and they say, that, that story about your friend Jeff, who, mel- who partially melted his phone in the oven trying to dry it. Loki, you got a new phone. Loki. <laughs> Loki. You want to join us? 517 432 3893 is the number. Uh, moving past Devin Thomas and onto the defensive side of the ball, I think we're pretty darn good on defense in that bowl game. Uh, we allowed 24 points, yes, but some of those points coming off turnovers deep in BC's zone, or deep in our zone where BC flipped field. So you can't pin it all on the D. Also, you know, I'm not trying to be a homer. I like Michigan State. I like them a lot. Parents paid a lot of money for me to go here. But that wide receiver for Penn State, or what am I thinking? Boston Boston College. College. What was his name? Gunnell? Gunnell or Gunnell? Number 18 or something like that? He pushed the heck out of C.L. Rucker down the sideline. And you tell me that is not offensive pass interference. When the play's going on and the announcer yells during the actual play, he got away with pass interference. It's a tough break. It was clear and obvious in the press box. We were a little upset. But here's the deal. Chris L. Rucker still has to be physical in that in that instance. Don't get mossed right there. You Yeah, you want to go ahead and push me? How about I go underneath and push back? Or I come over and, and bust your arm away from my chest and close that gap. You gotta fight back, but man, that was unfortunate because that what made it a ten point game. I think at that point, mm-hmm. a two a two score game, and to see it go down on an offensive pass interference that was blown. Come on, refs gotta have the fortitude <laughs> to call that. But five one seven four three two thirty eight ninety three. If you want to call us. Uh, defensively stellar. Uh, Coach D had his thoughts on the defense as well. Here's what Coach D'Antonio said about his defensive unit. I thought we did an outstanding job. Uh, Coach Narduzzi and the staff uh, did a very nice job knowing exactly what BC was doing. 
you know, we got beat uh, over the top. I guess I say that a lot because of DB coach. <laughs> but uh, twice. But uh, for the most part, you know, he had to pull the ball down a lot. We sacked him. We caused a couple. We caused a fumble. Um, you know, got the fumble at the end of the game. We had a nice interception. Uh, so, yeah, I think we did a nice job defensively, defensing them um, for the most part. And we used Kellen Freeman Davis a lot to offset that. And you know, I said all along that uh, although we're going to miss those guys, I know that they were there in spirit with us. Uh, it was not going to be a matter of us saying, oh, we can't win because of these guys aren't here. That was not the case. Coach Antonio, his thoughts on the defense. Obviously, we missed Jonal St. Deke. Here's my thoughts quickly on Jonal St. Deke. If you don't know the story, he, he was academically ineligible, couldn't play in the bowl game because to play in the bowl, you have to pass six credits. He only took eight. He only needed eight to graduate, a five-credit math class and a three-credit sociology class, I believe it was. He passed the social class, failed the math class. I took that class. It's called Math 110. It whoops your you-know-what. Five days a week, quizzes every week, tests every other, one of the toughest classes I've ever taken at Michigan State, Math 110. I'll put this out there right now. I have no shame. I failed that class, too. I took that class before, and I did fail it. You're right. It's the toughest class I've taken since I've been here. And I got a 2-5 in it, and I worked so hard. I was in that class with Justin Kershaw, football player. We studied before every test. Tails off. Toughest class, one of the toughest classes I ever had to take. I'm not a big math guy. Yeah, me neither. But we, in, in like, in like, <laughs> That's why we're journalists. Obviously. Majors. Right. That's why I'm here. And like St. Deke said, he's like, I haven't taken math since like senior year of high school, first year of college, and he's a fifth year. You know, people don't paint this picture the wrong way. I think a little blame falls on the NCAA for kind of screwing kids in this situation. But also St. Deke should have padded his schedule a bit, but that's water under the bridge. But as a neutral observer of this game, you know, if I remain neutral, which is tough to do for anyone, was holding Boston College to 27 yards rushing, as eye-opening or impressive as Hoyer's four picks? I don't think so. I mean, I really think that, A, they weren't really a running team anyway if you have, quote-unquote, the best college quarterback. In. I'd have to say uh, Tabashik. Every, every every play he was in, I mean, he was, you know, batting the ball down or making a big stop. I'd have to say Tabashnik. I'd say Tabashnik as well. I think uh, really set the mood for the defense, and it was the defense that made Matt Ryan look pretty bad. And, you know, all hyped up quarterback coming in Boston College, and the defense really made him look like nothing like that. Yeah, Matt Ryan wasn't so stellar. Uh, Twenty-two of forty-seven with a pick. Yay, threw for two fifty and three TDs. Uh, one of those TDs, a little tainted. Missed, tainted. <laughs> the other uh, one was on a broken play too. He he rolled out. Yeah, after the pocket kind of collapsed. He was sacked three times. But yeah, Matt Ryan, not totally impressive to me. Well spoken guy though. I, I really liked the things he had to say. Very. Uh, mature quarterback, very good character from what I saw and talked to Matt Ryan about. Very, I, I liked him off the field, but on the field, he he wasn't the lights-out number one quarterback pick to me. But Rod Tabash really played lights-out and very impressive. But you look at linebacker, we have some impressive young talent. Uh, Eric Gordon, who had a pick in that game. Uh, Greg Jones, he's going to be phenomenal. Huge sack, which caused the fumble. I got a chance to catch up with Greg Jones after the game. Very well-spoken young man. I'm looking forward to the career he's going to have here. Here's what Greg Jones had to say post-game. I'm joined by freshman linebacker Greg Jones. Greg, you made a big play late in the game, sacking the quarterback, forcing a fumble. Can you talk about how that play developed in the play of your teammates persevering through the end of the game? You know, it was it was a great team effort. You know, we've been trying to come off the edge big time. Coach called it, you know what I mean? I came free and I just played my part. And as far as this whole bowl experience goes, you a freshman, you got three more years of this left. What do you take from this experience? Apply to your the rest of your career. You know, I just I just want to try to uh, be a leader on the team. You know what I mean, and, and just prepare. You know what I mean. It's going to be a tough season. You know what I mean. Uh, once again, so I mean, we got to come out hard next year. Just give it all we got. As far as your career, what are some of the goals that you want to accomplish in the off season now? You know, I. I just want to establish a position on the field, you know what I mean? Uh, I want to still be able to work hard, you know what I mean, be able to help out the young guys that are coming in, you know what I mean? They might be able to play a lot too, so that's that's what I want to do. And as far as the seniors that are going to be gone next year, it seems like, Greg, you're going to miss Caleb Thornton. Yeah, I'm going to miss Caleb a lot. You know, Caleb gave me a lot of guidance, and uh, I feel like I want to take that and just use it uh, next year. Now, was linebacker Greg Jones, he's going to be phenomenal here. He already is freshman All-American. Had a great game 
really kept that game within quarterback's reach uh, with that sackle or tackle sack. Sackle, <laughs> there it is. I just invented a new word, a sackle. Uh, when you tackle someone and it's a sack, so a sackle uh, with a forced fumble. So Greg Jones, look for great things out of him, and you know he's going to work hard. And like he said, he wants to establish a position for himself. I see that as he just wants to be a leader. Throw him at middle linebacker. He's going to put on some weight and some strength. He'll be good to go. But guess what? You already know what time it is, Jamal. I got to tell a story now about when I was uh, my friend plays uh, basketball, and he was in the sent to the D League in Tulsa, Oklahoma. So I went with him to Tulsa, Oklahoma over break to watch his game. And uh, we're in uh, I can't even recall the name of the arena, some little small arena in Tulsa, and it was a noon game, a noon professional basketball game. <laughs> First off, that's strange. Secondly, it was like kids' day, so all the the, the area kids got a half a day take a field trip to the Tulsa 66ers of the NBA D-League, one of their games. So you have an arena-packed screaming kids, um, ranging from first to, to sixth grade, I think it was, down in Tulsa. Um, can I play a clip? I just need to refresh the, the audience's memory of a little song, a little tune, uh, just quickly. Can you throw that on there? Yeah, that's uh, Soldier Boy. Yeah, uh, you may know this, people. Yeah, I got the little new dance for you, Ray. Can you do this, Ray? Definitely not. Crank it back three times, bro. Oh, Soldier Boy, yes. The Sparty does a good impression. The Soldier Boy song. I believe uh, that short 16-second clip refreshed a lot of people's memories. You may be a fan, you may not, but here's what happened. I'm in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Tulsa 66ers game. Watch my friend play in the NBA D-League. That song comes on. Hundreds. I'm not exaggerating. Hundreds of elementary school kids, both African-American, white, Asian, Latino, bust out the words and the dance to Soldier Boy. Can you, can you cue that up again? Just There it is, yeah. Just imagine you're in an arena at a basketball game. Hundreds of youth, ages 10 and under, doing this, this, this dance, the Soldier Boy, singing the songs. It was the most hilarious thing I've ever seen. There again, <laughs> run it back, brother. Soldier boy up in it. Jamal, can you do the soldier boy? No, but I don't have to. I can watch the Green Bay Packers do it. We took that road trip after the bowl game and during a kickoff after the Packers scored their like three hundredth touchdown against the Lions on the thirtieth, the kickoff team is in the middle of the field and in unison they start going left to right doing the soldier boy dance and the crowd loved it. So we've seen Soldier Boy done by many famous people. But by okay, here's there's like private schools there too. So here's your cake eater white kids. You know, for the most part, I'm not trying to you know. I'm gonna say I'm gonna keep it real. Some white kids, you know, with the with the comb over, you know, the gelled hair, the tight, the tight, the tight khakis up to their breast. You know, the the tucked in the the tucked in alligator tee, the Lacoste, you know, tucked in, doing the soldier boy. And then oh my goodness, there were kids that were soldier boying across the aisles. I'm talking seven years old. Just the influence that music and media has on kids. That a whole arena of young kids at a Tulsa 66ers basketball game in Oklahoma over my break was hitting it. Hitting the Soldier Boy. Unbelievable. I couldn't believe it. I was dying. I wrote it down. I said, you got to talk about this. Unbelievable. I, I was loving it. The kids were great. And they, were, they, knew the, they knew it exactly. They just need to ban that song. I think it supports communism. Man, play one more time for Ray. Can we get it Can we hear it for Ray one last time? Man. Ray. Zoo. Soldier boy. Ray. Ray knows it. Come on. Do the dance, boy. Cross your feet. Tap the back of your heel. Left to right, Ray. Come on. Do the soldier boy. Just like the eight-year-olds did in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Oh, you. All right. Enough. Enough. I know by watching you. Enough. Enough of the soldier boy. But that was the highlight of one uh, one of many highlights of my trip to Tulsa, Oklahoma. I'll miss a trip to Dallas, Texas. But seven, eight-year-olds doing the Soldier Boy dance. Unbelievable. Uh, still no calls or emails about what the definition of Kentucky steak is. I'll give it a couple more minutes, but if you know the dish, it's a food dish at dinner, perhaps, or lunch, what Kentucky steak is, please call or email 517-432-3893 or wdbmsports at gmail. Dot com. I did not know what Kentucky steak was until my aunt told
told me down in Florida when I visited her during the bowl game. She said, you ever had Kentucky steak? I said, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> and then she went on to explain what it was. It's very elementary. But if you know what Kentucky steak is, go ahead, use your resources. You know, go online, whatever you got to do. Kentucky steak, wdbmsports at gmail.com or 517-432-3893. So, Kentucky steak. And it has to be the definition that my aunt told me. Can't be anything different. <laughs> but, I mean, if, you're, if your Kentucky steak is something ridiculous that it was not in kosher with my aunt's definition, so we're not going to go there. But if if you can... You know, shout out what Kentucky steak is. That'd be great. I'm gonna I'm gonna share what it is. But you, Ray and the Soldier Boy. What makes this? What we can't. Well, let's not even go there. I don't know. <laughs> I'll go off on a ten minute tangent on it. Easy. Five one seven four three two thirty eight ninety three is the number. Email address wdbmsports at gmail dot com. Another annoying thing. Overbreak. The Soldier Boy wasn't annoying, but something I didn't notice. When you're at the airport, I, fl- I was flying everywhere. You can't sleep. They have those bars in between the seats in the waiting area at the gate purposely so you strain and sprain your neck when you're waiting for the airplane. It's like you sleep in the most uncomfortable head cocked back position. You wake up like half paralyzed, like you had a stroke. <laughs> like your left side of your neck is just stiff and you can't move. Then you have headaches. It was just unreal. It's like, you know why they're doing that. So people can't lay down on the seats and sleep. Like, me, 6'3", I take up like five seats. We go right to the phone zone. Welcome to Spartan Sports Wrap. Hey, man, how's it going? I not, have a guess for you. Not too bad. What's the guess for Kentucky Steak? Is it squirrel? Squirrel? Um, it, it is a meat, but it is not squirrel. It is not squirrel. Okay. Hey, we appreciate, we appreciate the interest. And we got another call coming. I, I'm hoping we have another call coming on what Kentucky Steak is. Welcome to the Spartan Sports Wrap. Hello? Oh, hi. Hi. Uh, calling about Kentucky Steak? Yeah, do, do you have an idea what the K- well, Kentucky I Steak is? Well, it might be also known as Kentucky Fried Steak, and you get that, and it tastes so good when you're really hungry, but it's a concoction of uh, fried, uh, or it's uh, got a crust on it, and it's covering up uh, maybe a sirloin steak. Ooh. V- on there. Very close. Very close. You know what? I don't see any more calls coming in, folks. I'm going to share what my aunt's definition of Kentucky steak was. Yeah. You go to the butcher. You go to the butcher and you, you order, you go and you say you want bologna. You get a chunk of bologna. I'm talking like six inches long, thick. You barbecue a chunk of bologna on the barbecue. That is what my aunt said is Kentucky oh, steak. Oh, that well, uh, I should have known. Your aunt that sounds pretty good. Hey, <laughs> maybe we'll try that. Hey, we we appreciate the guests. Very good, very good. Thanks for your call. Yeah. Wow, Kentucky. I'm going to start making up dishes and see what people have to say. I thought it was going to be like grilled roadkill or something. Kentucky. It was just one of the highlights of my trip. You know, I learned what Kentucky steak was. Uh, there may be multiple definitions, like gentlemen just called, uh, offered up, but Kentucky steak, I had to say, Kentucky steak is when you go to the butcher, you order a long chunk, maybe, you know, steak-like you know, maybe like a, a turkey loin, you know, you can buy the Genio pack, you know, half a foot long, thick, you know, a few inches thick. And it's bologna, and you barbecue it. And my aunt said it was tremendous. I, I didn't get a chance to partake. But there's, there's your uh, bit of wisdom. Kentucky steak, a thick, long piece of bologna that you barbecue. You, who would have thought? Barbecue bologna. Kentuckians. Unbelievable. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, basketball, though. Basketball. Men's basketball continuously improving. Jeff Schaup, Jazz Spectrum. I figured it was going to be horse. I don't know. Kentucky Derby. And Jeff, Jeff Schaup, the host <laughs> of the Jazz Spectrum, coming up at 8, says he thought it might have been something to do with horse. A little thoroughbred, perhaps. I don't know. But apparently it's, it's a chunk of bologna <laughs> <laughs> thrown on the grill. I love it. Men's basketball. you got to be loving what they're doing. Tremendous start, the best start since I think 2000. Uh, we are now 13 and one, one and zero in the Big Ten after defeating Minnesota in somewhat of a interesting, maybe odd win. Minnesota, we were up 13 in the second half. They kind of chipped away, chipped away, came back. Drew Neitzel did not have a good game, two for 11, four points. 
But here's the deal. The more teams want to box in one Drew Neitzel, the more they want to put uh, a defensive strategy known as like six eyes, where there are multiple defenders that keep eyes on Neitzel at all times, the more Izzo is going to exploit teams with set plays. We saw that in the Texas game, and we saw perhaps a lot of that in the Minnesota game. With the wide-open looks Raymar Morgan was getting, the, the pick-and-rolls, uh, when Minnesota would overhedge, that was when you know a screen is set and the help man goes over the screen to to help out in that second delay. You know they're getting beat on slips, but teams will have to guard us straight up soon enough. Uh, placing their best defender on Drew Neitzel, perhaps Raymar Morgan. Um, if they don't, if teams, I believe, if teams don't start playing Michigan State straight up, uh, people like Raymar Morgan. And guards like Kalen Lucas will continue to reap the benefits off of late help defenses, mismatches created by game planning for one player. And look out, Raymar Morgan, Big Ten POY year, player of the year type season he is putting together. 31 points in a Big Ten opener. Pay attention to Raymar's Big Ten stats independent of what he did in the non-conference. Start paying attention to what he does in the Big Ten season. If he averages 20 or more points spectacular in the Big Ten, people play defense in the Big Ten. Unlike the ACC, that is why I think this year's national champion is going to come from the Big Ten, or I believe it could come from CUSA, Memphis. Because you look at the ACC quickly here. I'll just throw this out there. The disparity between... Points allowed defensively. It's about a 10-point average difference between what North Carolina's and Duke's give up defensively compared to what Michigan State's and Indiana's and Ohio State's and Wisconsin's give up defensively. And North Carolina is going to get beat very soon. Almost happened last night. I was watching it. North Carolina will lose soon. If we didn't lose to UCLA, we may be the number two team in the country right now. But nonetheless, we are number six. You'd like to call us the number 517-432-3893. Quickly, we look at the situation with Drew Neitzel. Yes, he's struggling. Uh, but we look at some of the bet, some of the positives of this whole situation. Drew Neitzel averaged six more minutes per game last year and took three more shots per game. Yes, I took the time to look <laughs> all this up and calculate you know, total number of shots, all that. He... We have no players on Michigan State's roster in the top 10 of minutes played in the Big Ten. Drew Neitzel is 14th in the conference at, I believe, like 30.2 minutes a game or somewhere around there. But he's not even, we have no players in the top 10. Depth is what that equates to in quality substitution. But Coach Izzo spoke today at his weekly press conference about the state of the team and touched on Drew Neitzel as well. Here's what Coach Izzo had to say today. I tried to look at us as objectively as I could, and especially on film, and felt uh, you know similar to what I did after the game. I, I, I thought we had our chance. We had a 13-point lead to widen that open. Um, you got to give Minnesota credit. I think they had something to do with it. But uh, it, it really was a good um, learning game for our guys. I think our freshmen especially and were a bad shot here or a couple of missed just assignments that change, uh, you know, eight-point leads into two-point leads with two long threes. I think it's going to be a good point of emphasis for us and has been for the week and will be for the next couple weeks, you know, and some of that we're still growing, still learning. I did try to look into... You know, Neitzel's thing, I, uh, I never saw him miss, uh, you know, open threes like that. He's still shooting 42% in five games and I think 42 or 3% in all games from the three. I looked at number of shots taken because I think it's concerning to some people and maybe even to me, to be honest with you. So this is something that I think the average fan and the coaches are on the same page on, which happens you know once in a millennium you know last year he averaged a little over 13 this year he's averaging a little over 10 and uh so two three shots uh a a game but as my assistants pointed out to me this morning you know drew is leading the league in assist to turnover ratio averaging almost five assists a game he got a lot of shots last year at the end of the shot clock as we remember a lot of tough shots at the end of the shot clock We've been at the end of the shot clock so few times this year 
that it hasn't presented itself. You know, it's not like he maybe got more shots. He got more tough shots and made some of those tough shots. But like in the last couple games, you can count on one hand in three games, maybe the number of actual shot clock plays we had to go to, where last year that was kind of a normal part of every offensive possession uh, that we were kind of grinding the clock down to five seconds and taking a shot. So uh, that made me feel a, a little better about things, uh, especially when we got three guards averaging almost five assists a game or right around that area. That's incredible. Uh, I think they're one, two, and four in the league. That was Coach Tom Izzo today speaking at his press conference about uh, the team's progress. Drew Neitzel, his guards. You look at the guards, tremendous assist to turnover ratio. Kale Lucas, T. Walt, Drew Neitzel. Our turnovers are then originating from our big men, our power forwards, our small forwards. So if we can get our big men to step it up and play better and take care of the basketball, I believe this team will be exponentially, not exponentially, but incre- increasingly better. But you look at the minutes. I think that's the biggest thing you look at. As the Big Ten season progresses, I think you'll see Neitzel's minutes increase to 34-35. Raymar's up there. T-Walt's up there. You will see increased production. This team will get better when you keep that core six on the court. And uh, in my opinion, Raymar Morgan is the best small forward in the country. And one of the biggest mismatches in all of the league. I don't know if there's a player in the Big Ten that can guard Raymar Morgan. I like Geary Claxton from Penn State. But I don't know. I don't know if Geary can hold Raymar Morgan. He's becoming more versatile. You look at his perimeter game. He made. He's already made four threes this season. Raymar Morgan made five three pointers in all of last season. All of last season, he was five of sixteen last year. Raymar's four of fourteen this year. If he can get his handle right in that three point shot, buckets. He's going to be lethal. Uh, Sutan is. It seems to me he's quietly just beneath the double double guys, getting us nine and nine, eight and eight. That's efficient. He needs to be a little more aggressive because I think he can be more of a fourteen and eight guy. But guys, your thoughts on the one and zero start in the conference and the thirteen and one start overall? Talking about selfless with Javon Ringer, I think Raymar is exactly the same way. I think Dan, you're in there in the locker room after every game, and Raymar has a big game. He's giving credit to the guys, giving him the ball, feeding him the ball, making great plays, you know, putting him in great situations. So Raymar would be the first guy to tell you that it's the team around him. And I think the depth really helps us out because we're going to wear out teams when it gets later in the Big Ten. Absolutely. Uh, Jamal, your thoughts? I mean, 1-0, and got to start somewhere. Like, what does D'Antonio say? They all count one. So if we can go 1-0 and from here on out, we'll be good. But, uh... I think it was a strong effort for them to come back. You know, they they had a you know big lead, let it dwindle, but then they came back and they kept rolling. So I think it's a very strong team. Like you said, they're very deep. You know, they can hurt you in a lot of ways. And Sutan will step up and eventually will be that fifteen and eight guy. You want to get your thoughts in quickly? Five one seven four three two thirty eight ninety three. Another thing about Morgan, he's so strong. He's like an and one machine. He had like four and ones. He's he's getting 5.2 points a game at the foul line, making, te- making teams pay. He's he's averaging 18.5 points over seven rebounds. Look out. He is having a tremendous, tremendous year. But be cognizant of the fact, folks. Raymar Morgan is, is very good. He's a, I'll say he's a great player. Indiana has a great player of their own as well. Eric Gordon. Don't say Raymar is running away with Player of the Year honors. I think he he'll be in that discussion very closely. But Eric Gordon, he shoots over forty percent from three, over forty percent from the field. He's averaging twenty three and a half points per game. Yes, he has a little turnover issue, but Eric Gordon is a real deal as well. Just keep that in mind, and that is going to be some matchup I'm going to watch. Eric Gordon on Travis Walton and vice versa. I want to see what T. Walt can do. When we play Indiana down the road at Indiana, February 16th. That is what I'm looking forward to. This other, These other games are for the birds. I think we'll be all right. I'm sure Izzo was in the film room dissecting that game tape, but that's it. It's past 8 o'clock. What am I doing? Fellas, for, for Ray, I forgot to turn my cell phone ringer off. Mara, all right. for Jamal, <laughs> Gangster, Detroit, Spencer... <laughs> And our guest, Pavel Kaufman, 
I'm Dan Duggar. Thanks for listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap on WDBM Radio. Coming up right now is Jeff Schaup and the Jazz Spectrum. For the Spartan Sports Wrap, I'm out. We'll be back next week. Go Ohio State. Represent the Big Ten in the BCS Championship game. You've been listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Tune in every week for more of the greatest sports information, news, and analysis. Here and only here on Impact 89FM.